It's time for JT the Brick. So we are open for business again, everybody. I had a dream that someday we'd have a flagship station with the cooperation of the team and the fans that stream globally. JT the Brick. Are we all on board with that? Because if you're not on board with this, you're going to have to enter a mental asylum. If you're not on board with this, it's going to drive you nuts. Jackpot, baby! And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a Friday. The weekend is here, and I'm fired up about that. The host on the flagship of the Silver and Black, Raider Nation Radio. Yes, I had a dream that someday we would have a radio station that would be friendly with the team and the team would be friendly with us and we could all come together and put out content with the team with the most notorious fans in the history of the NFL, new fans that like hockey, UNLV, everything locally here. But the fact that you can listen to this show on the Raiders mobile app means you can hear it anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world where you have Wi-Fi, download the Raiders mobile app. You should have that already. Just click on the radio and we're off to the races every day. Summertime radio, Monday the beginning of countdown for Cliff to Canton. The summer of Cliff Branch begins starting Monday. And we're going to talk about Cliff for a couple of days next week. I got a little traveling on the back end of next week. And then we're go. Go for Cliff. And we count down to that end of July into early August where there will be an army of Raider fans taking over Canton, Ohio. And some people have said to me, "Go, well, JT, why are you building this one up bigger than ever? Well, Cliff's Mark Davis's best friend. Mark Davis is going all in on this, and you won't believe how big this Cliff Branch presentation is going to be in Canton. All I can tell you in advance, because I, I hate keeping secrets, I was able to do that with the schedule and some select news. But if, if I know anything, I let you know. But this one is way above my pay grade. This is a mecca of the Raiders going back to Canton and saying, congratulations, everybody else. Tony Baselli, congratulations, Richard Seymour, everybody. But get out of the way. This is Cliff Branch. To the fact that he has his own hotel, they're going to have one of the biggest parties ever. It will be the biggest Raiders Hall of Fame party on the footprint of Canton than anyone. No disrespect to the other legends from Al Davis to Fred Bolitnikoff, Jim Otto, Ted Hendricks. This is just big. They're going all in. So get to Canton if you're in that region of the country. If you're going to do it, it's hard to travel now. You've got to get a plane ticket, hotel room, all of this. Figure it out. I promise you, you will see something like you've never seen before. So I'm ready to jump out and jump through the radio and tell you all about this as I get more information. So the summer of Cliff begins. All right, a couple of things to talk about. I've been telling you, my son's home from college. He's a sports marketing major, and he's really good. He's sharp with social media. And he told me, he said, hey, Dad, we got to break everything down. i got to put you on TikTok. we got to clean this up. You know, no boomer. You can't be a boomer. Uh, you act like you're 22 years old. Let's get your social media like that. So he's breaking it all down and building it up. And my son put out a tweet today. I go, what are we tweeting out today? And he said, how about this? Who is the greatest Raider defender of the last 25 years? I said, ooh. I go, why 25 years? He said, well, we'll go back to around 2000. So we'll go back 22 to 25 years to round it up. Uh, last 25 years, who is your favorite Raider defender? Because we got to get this defense going. Gus Bradley, I thought Gus Bradley did a pretty good job. And then, oh, my God, I looked at the stats. I looked at the stats of this defense, and I was like, man, I thought they were better than that. They won 10 games. 
Now Graham comes in along with the vision of Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. They bring in Chandler Jones, who's on the Fox lot today, in Fox in L.A., so he's out there promoting his brand. So my son came up with Charles Woodson, Khalil Mack, Max Crosby, or other. And I said, that's a pretty good list. Who's the best Raider defender of the last 25 years? Charles Woodson, Khalil Mack, or Mad Max Crosby? And you can vote on that at JT the Brick at Raider Nation Radio. That's R&R 920. I would assume Charles Woodson's going to win because he's in the Hall of Fame. Max is active, and Khalil Mack's going to the Hall of Fame. I really do. I'm a big fan of Khalil Mack. I think he's a great kid. But now he goes to the Chargers. Oh, no. The Chargers? Why would Khalil Mack, who had a really cool legacy, came to Oakland, did really well in Oakland. He was a hell of a player, but the Raiders couldn't pay him $90 million cash, guaranteed, 60 plus the 30 the cash. They couldn't do it at that time, and the team wasn't very good. But still to this day, I have people stop me and say, man, how did we get rid of Khalil Mack? Well, I, I, from talking to John Gruden about it at the time and everyone else, the Raiders really they weren't going to spend that much money on one player on a five-win team. And they tried to rebuild the team in a certain way. I wish Khalil Mack would have stayed. He's a generational talent. But now he went to the Chargers. So we root against him heavy. We want him to be healthy. I'm not rooting for an injury for any player. But, man, really disappointed because Khalil has a lot of opportunities to go other places, you would think, right? He can go anywhere. And if he was ever coming back to the AFC West, you wouldn't think it would be the brand of the Chargers. Oh, P.U., what stinks? Oh, that's the Chargers. Every year, the Chargers are overhyped, overhyped, overhyped. But we got to be careful with the Chargers now because they're damn good. They're overhyped still because they're based in Los Angeles. The ownership group is in ruins. The Spanos family is suing each other. The sisters suing the brother who owns the team. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. I mean, Daniel Snyder's taken away all the PR on this, but it is a mess. And the Chargers now have some really good players, and they got Khalil Mack and Bosa off the edge. Bosa's a good player, very good player, but the Raiders have handled Bosa reasonably well. You know, the Raiders don't handle Kansas City well at any level. Honey Badger, when he was there, Tyreek Hill, who I'll get to in a moment, and Travis Kelsey. I mean, those guys are going to the Hall of Fame on what they did against the Raiders. You can't say that about Bosa. Bosa doesn't own the Raiders, but now Bosa's got Khalil on the other side. That's a hell of a defense. And the Raiders match that with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. Then you go to Denver, and Denver, there's a love fest going on with Denver, even in Vegas. A lot of Denver fans that live in Vegas for whatever reason, they think they're coming and they're going to go to the Super Bowl with Russell Wilson. They really believe that. And then Kansas City's defense, this is probably the worst Kansas City defense that they've had in at least the Mahomes era. And that's really all that matters. We can't go back to Len Dawson when they had really good defenders, legends like Bobby Bell. So Kansas City's defense, I think, is going to take a little bit of a step back. And without Tyreek Hill, I think they take a little bit of a step back on offense. Not major. Mahomes is great. Now, speaking of Tyreek Hill, he's the lead story today because he reportedly is receiving death threats because of his anti-Patrick Mahomes comments. Wow, what a story this is. First off, I don't think Tyreek Hill is the sharpest tool in the shed. He had allegations in college against him on domestic issues, and he cleaned it up. To his credit, he cleaned it up. This is a guy that looked like a bad guy when he came into the league, and now he's going into Canton, Ohio, into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's a lock. Tyreek Hill's a Hall of Famer in progress. But listen to some of these comments from Tyreek Hill after he compared Tua and his accuracy to Patrick Mahomes. By the way, I got death threats. Crazy from every social media 
that I own. Every social media account I own, I got death threats on. Insane. Which is ridiculous. Which I love it, you know. Right. I love it. He says it's ridiculous and he loves it. Again, he's not a very sharp and, and smart man. He's a great football player. More from Tyreek Hill as this is the lead story today on ESPN and a couple of other platforms. The wide receiver now of the Dolphins. Robert Griffin III, RG3, he tweeted something about what I said. And right. He basically said it. I believe better than me. You know, all Tyreek is doing is just putting confidence into his quarterback, which which is all I'm doing. Is I've it, had a chance to play with both of the guys. Yep. You know, Patrick is is very accurate. You know, but I just feel like going into my new season, I play with Tua now, dog. So he's not a smart guy, but again, he's going to help the Dolphins out a lot, and uh, he's a good player. I'm happy that he's out of the AFC West, and, and I'm not ashamed to say that. I don't want anybody to get injured. I don't want great players in the AFC West. I, as a sports talk host, want to do it the easy way. I don't want to do it the hard way. I don't want to play every team at their best and have a barroom brawl and come out winning 10 or 11 games. I want to beat the teams that we're supposed to beat and slaughter them, and then the teams that are kind of borderline put together some good plays and win, and I want the best players out of the division. I am a sports talk host in the AFC West that has to deal with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson. Are you kidding me? You want to talk about the greatest? Go, go for it. The greatest eras in Raider history. Let's start with the 70s off the top of my head. Terry Bradshaw's in the AFC, but he's not in the same division. Joe Namath, Hall of Famer in the AFC, keeps the Raiders out of a Super Bowl they could have went to. He's in the AFC East. You look at the history of the AFC West over the years, the Raiders could compete against Rich Gannon or Elvis Gerback. Stan Humphreys with the Chargers. He went to a Super Bowl. Phillip Rivers, a hell of a, play, hell of a player. No player has won more games in the history of the NFL against the Raiders than Phillip Rivers. That's good bar trivia for you. And then the Raiders had to deal with John Elway. And fortunately, most of the time when the Raiders dealt with Elway, the Raiders were really good. So the Raiders had really good teams and great defenders. Greg Townsend, Howie Long, those players that they could kind of do some damage. Now... Oh, my God, what the Raiders have to deal with in the division. And that's why Derek Carr is here. Derek Carr is in the conversation with the players that I just mentioned. The problem for Derek, until he wins a playoff game, because he puts up enormous numbers, blindfold yourself, he's good for 35 touchdowns and almost 5,000 yards, and that's really good. That'll get you in the Hall of Fame, too. But he's got to win a playoff game. He's got to win multiple playoff games and deliver a championship for Mark Davis and the Las Vegas Raiders. Until he does that, all these uh, people in the media are going to bash the Raiders because they're easy to bash if you're not a Raider fan. And they're going to put Herbert, Wilson, and Mahomes ahead of Carr. Mahomes and Wilson deserve to be ahead of Derek. Herbert, a lot of people think he's better. Like uh, 99 out of 100 people surveyed would say Justin Herbert is better than Derek Carr. I'm one of them. At this stage right now, his arc of his career looks to be better than Derek, but Derek could get rid of all that and be much better than him because Derek now has a team around him on the offensive side that will give him the 5,000 yards. He's got the play caller. He's got everything, and the defense is getting better, and I just think this is setting up beautifully for Derek Carr over the next two to three seasons, starting this season and the next two years. Even last year set up nicely for Derek as they got to the playoffs, and he led them to the playoffs with big wins down the stretch. So that's what I'm opening up the show with. Before I get to the calls and call in today, it's a Friday, it's summertime. I got a cool guest coming up at the bottom of the hour. Last night, I went to see 
Reckless, a show at Sahara, uh, led by Michael Shapiro on guitar, lead vocalist. He is brilliant. He took all the music from the Rat Pack, Sinatra, Sammy Davis, Dean Martin, and he turned it into rock and roll. And my wife and I were sitting there blown away. We hung out after the show. He's going to come on here at the bottom of the hour. I really want you to meet this guy. Special guy. If you're into music and entertainment in Vegas, this guy is at the top of the heap. He's that good. I, I mean, he plays guitar as good as any guitar player. He played a tribute to Carlos Santana and all this great guitar work. And then he sang. His wife was in the show. It was really cool. So saw him last night, said we'd have him on at the bottom of the hour. He'll join us. My podcast partner, Tom Looney. At the top of the hour on everything happening in Los Angeles with the Lakers, some Raider talk, and we both went on vacations. He went to Mexico for like the 700th time. I just got back from Amsterdam and Liverpool seeing the Rolling Stones, and we put a podcast up on that that I think you'll enjoy. Wherever you get your podcast, uh, please download and share mine at JT and Looney. You can get it everywhere where you get your podcast. And the thing I'm most excited about today is Bill Krakenberger. Yesterday, exclusively, he came on this show and told you that he had Paolo Banchero going number one when Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN had him going number three. So Crack won a bet, almost $20,000 he netted at the Westgate, and then he went down to the border of Arizona. Remember he called in? He was on a dirt road because he was able to get another app to fire that doesn't fire in Nevada, and he buried that company for even bigger. Bill Krakenberger made a fortune yesterday, and he told you how to do it on my show. Really proud of that interview. Got lucky. I mean, Banchero goes number two or three. I'm not talking about it today, but Crackman had it yesterday on this show, and I got a text from one of my sharp buddies who placed a bet on Banchero. The odds weren't, weren't as great when Crack called in, but he won some money on it too. So hopefully we gave you a little bit of a gambling vibe as I kick off the show with Mikey. In Staten, Italy. This guy's calling all the way from New York, Vegas. This is what I like about the show. If I didn't have him on hold, where's Vegas? Mikey, start us off. How are you? Hey, JT. How you doing? First thing I want to start with, when is the NBA going to wise up like the NFL and give us a draft in Vegas? That had no atmosphere whatsoever in New York last night. They, they could make it, you know, the end, we want a franchise out there. We want an NBA franchise out there. The draft would be awesome out there. I agree, Mike. I, I don't think I don't think I, hold on. I don't I don't think we could have a draft until we get an NBA team. But there is a vision with Tim Lywicki and some other investors here in town. We're going to get an NBA arena. Matter of fact, we got T-Mobile, but an NBA exclusive arena coming on. And I think the NBA will be in Vegas, up and operating in the next four to five seasons. Yeah, you know it's it's about time. But, JT, you're going to look back, and I listened to your Krakenberger, and I made a few dollars, and, and you know, he's, he, he's considered the best of the best, and, and he just showed it why yesterday on your, uh, on your interview with him. But, JT, you're going to look back tomorrow. This is the first time since Passport was passed by the Supreme Court that the naysayers, something went on. The odds were shifting so, so much that, you know, that's why Las Vegas, you're only allowed to bet on the games, and then you're allowed to bet on the draft positions. You're not allowed to bet on the Oscars. You're not allowed to bet on politics. But something, something wasn't right yesterday, and, and ESPN has a lot, of, a lot of explaining to do if they follow the money and they figure it out, JT, because, uh, uh, again, Wojnarowski influenced a lot of people 
and they didn't put the disclaimers up like that. But, hey, that's for another topic. Mm. JT, I got to give you a little something. You said pay You said pay the AL mm. MVP judge. Uh, I said, no, he was too old. That guy stays healthy. Does he hit 60 homers this year? The Yankees, I haven't seen the Yankees this clutch since 98 when they were down, when El Duque took the mound against Cleveland. They, you can never count them out. And, JT, we got to give it to Aaron Boone. As much as we killed him last year and the last couple of years, he is pressing every button right, JT. Yeah, thanks, Mikey. I appreciate it. Again, I'm re- I was really down on Aaron Boone, really down on him. Thanks for the call. And I wanted him fired last year. I thought he deserved to be fired last year. It's a good, uh, it's a good example in sports, right? In Vegas, you know this. Those who wanted Gerard Gallant gone or Peter DeBoer gone, you know, then they go on somewhere else and they do better. You kick yourself and go, man, should we have gotten rid of that guy? Well, I'll admit that. Aaron Boone last year underachieved with the Yankees and Judge is playing for a contract and he's having an unbelievable year. He is a fabulous player now. I'm just concerned that if the Yankees give him 300 and the market now has gone up for him, if they give him 325 million and he gets hurt, I just I don't like paying players 8 to 10 years over 300 million. Mike Trout got well over 400 million. Bryce Harper who's from Vegas over 300 million bucks. It's a lot of money. And I think the market Otani deserves that. Otani can hit and pitch. How many players out there that deserve that type of money. Judge is definitely going to get that type of money. No doubt about that. He's going to get it. And this is one of the greatest Yankee teams of all time going into the All-Star break, which is coming up around the corner. I'm not saying the Yankees are going to win it all and they'll end up being the greatest Yankee team of all time, but right now they are that loaded and that good. 702-365-9200. Wow. You see him playing drums at Vamps and all around town? Stoner dude checking in. What's happening, my buddy? How are you? I'm great, JT. Man, you talk about the defense and how long it's been since we had a, a great defense who stands out. You know, it's hard to believe, but I think I forgot the exact year. It was like 2006 or 2007, somewhere around there. We actually had a top 10 defense, JT. Do you remember that? We had Tommy Kelly. You had uh, um, Warren Sapp. Nandi Osmo was in a short-lived prime. But I think the standout for me that year was uh, Derek Burgess on defense, defensive end, man. He was sacking quarterbacks all season long. It was like a dream come true. But unfortunately, our offense couldn't score a point to save their life. Yeah, many condolences, man, to Tony Saragusa. You know, I was at that game, JT. I know you were, too. That uh, fateful day, that AFC uh, championship game to go to the Super Bowl. And unfortunately, we were outrated that day by one of the great defenses of all time with the Ravens. And to this day, whenever a quarterback gets sacked the way that Rich Gannon went down that day, we call it, he got Saragusa'd because, man, he drove him into the ground. It was a WWE wrestling move, and he put all 360 pounds right on Rich Gannon that day. So, But lastly, JT, man, I'm a little bit envious of you. Well, actually, I'm not very envious of you with all the, uh, the Amsterdam and the Rolling Stones. But I had tickets to that Primus show that got postponed twice where they're going to perform the whole entire album mm-hmm. of Rush's Farewell to Kings into their, into their entirety. But it's only because I'm going to Costa Rica tomorrow, JT, for oh. 10 days for my, for my uh, vacation. So I'll be calling you when I get back <laughs> with pictures and stories for that. But, man, I have to say, lastly, uh, thank you, Dave Ziegler. 
you put a premium on the defensive tackle position this year. We'll see who stands out. That's the one I've been bitching, moaning, and whining about for like 10, 20 years myself. So let's see that build up. I'm looking for this defense to look good this year, too. I'll talk to you soon, JT. Have a great trip to Costa Rica, Stoner, dude. Yes, I'm going to Primus to see the performance of Farewell to Kings. I was at Virgin Hotels earlier in the morning. We inked our deal with them. Uh, Very proud to announce that Virgin Hotels is a proud partner of our show. We'll be doing podcast remotes from there uh, starting off in July. Good place to come on out and see the show. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. There's a lot of good things happening there. Looking forward to going back into the theater. Used to be called The Joint, and they put $6 million of renovations into the theater, which is now incredible. They got a lounge upstairs on the second deck, and the sound is incredible there. So looking forward to that Saturday night. That's where you'll find me. Love to hear. Look at the show. We're off to a rocking start on a Friday. Big Al in San Francisco coming off getting another Warriors championship ring. Big Al, I don't know where you're going to store all these rings you're getting from the Warriors. How are you? I'm doing good, thank you. I'm actually down at Chase Center right now. I had to take care of something here. Um, no, I'm in big, and there's no reason to think that, you know, after four rings that there could be another two or three coming in the next, you know, you know, in the mm-hmm. next four or five years. This is a pretty good basketball team. They, uh, last night's draft um, was, for them, as far as I'm concerned, was unnecessary, but the rules of the NBA are is that you have to be in the draft and, and you cannot pass on a pick. So they were forced to take a pick that's going to, you know, that probably won't play for this team anytime in the next couple of years. But this is, you know, these guys are, I mean, they're just loaded between, you know, older, older players, but not ancient players, uh, veteran players, and then up-and-coming players, uh, you want to talk about building a pipeline, um, we should be so fortunate to see. The NBA, you can do that. Um, in the NFL, we'd be fortunate to see it because of the way the, the NFL is with injuries and, uh, and, and the, hard, the hard salary cap. Mm. Uh, this is a team for the ages, literally a team for the ages. Well, as you know, being a part of that and the broadcast up there, that they did it well in the draft. The draft of Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and then Steph Curry – and then every once in a while, you can go shopping for the groceries and get Kevin Durant for two finals MVPs and bring in players. But Peyton, what they have with Poole, some of these players, the organization has done something. Last night, I was throwing stuff at the TV when the Knicks traded their pick, their 11th pick, and Oklahoma City rebuilt their entire franchise in the first 12 picks. They had 3, 11, and 12, and the Knicks, who have been a disaster, traded away their draft. And I think, Big Al, you'll admit and agree that Bob Myers and what they do internationally, and Steve Kerr was working with Popovich when he did that, what they're doing internationally and what they're doing with Wiggins, bringing in new players, and then how they're building through the draft has helped them win four out of eight. You know, they've been, Bob Myers has been amazing on what he's done. You know, give him you know, Kerr and obviously Joe Lacob and the uh, management team a lot of credit for what they've done. They've managed to really agitate the living daylights out of the rest of the NBA because they're all upset saying the Warriors have so much money and they can afford to do this and that. And the fact of the matter is, is that on this Warrior team, um, you have Wiggins who was traded for, and then everybody else who's a prime player on this team was drafted. So I don't know how the rest of the NBA, and I'm not a Warrior homer by any stretch. As you know, I was born and bred a Knicks fan. Um, I don't know how the rest of the NBA could complain about the way the Warriors do their business when you're looking at Curry, homegrown, Draymond, homegrown, Green, uh, Clay, Looney, Poole, all homegrown players. 
Um, and all, you know, yeah. you know, we're talking about the key players on this, team, you know, on this team, Kaminga and Moody, homegrown players. They're the future of the team. Um, there's a, if you're a Golden State Warrior fan, you've got a lot to be, uh, you know, to look Excited forward about. to. And if you're, if you're a Laker fan, you know, you're, you're shaking your head. Thanks, Big Al. Appreciate it. And uh, congrats again on being a part of the broadcast and getting another championship ring. He's the stat guy for the team, and I get a lot of good information out of him. We're brought to you by PT's Taverns. The weekend is here. You can make weekend brunch plans over there. They do an amazing job. Cold beer inside when it's hot outside. The best happy hour in town. Cool down at PD's. PT's as summer's kicking off. I don't, I don't care when summer's. I live in Vegas. I mean, it's always hot this time of year. And it feels like summer. Other parts of the year with no humidity. It is great here. Ice cold beer. And even on the weekends at SG Bar, they serve pancakes on Saturday and Sunday. Great to be here. Michael Shapiro, a great rock guitar player and singer I saw last night. Want to give him a big plug. Had an unbelievable night out with him and his band last night. Tom Looney at the top of the hour. Uh, We're up there at Raider Nation Radio on Twitter. Who's the greatest defender on the Raiders the last 25 years? You can find that at JT The Brick. And we're on TikTok, The Sports Tour, T-O-U-R. Follow us there. I got a meet-up Vegas video dropping today. Home of all that great meat. In your view, is Dan Snyder's behavior and the workplace culture he created and fostered one of the worst and most toxic you've seen in your time as commissioner and your decades of service with the NFL? I have not seen a workplace in the NFL um, that is anywhere near what we saw in the context of that period of time for the Washington Commanders. That's a big soundbite. I think that's the big hint from Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, when we're dealing now with the Washington Commanders and Daniel Snyder going forward. There are so many accusations about a toxic work environment, the culture there. He's the owner of the team. And if he wants to blame the culture on Bruce Allen or blame it on some vice president on the play-by-play voice, no, the buck stops with him. I think Daniel Snyder has run out of time. He's been a terrible owner in the NFL, but he's an owner, and he's a multi-billionaire, and that brand continued to go up, up, and up. But it's not the Redskins team that he's inherited. It's not, which is now the Washington Commanders. Daniel Snyder, I believe, will be removed as owner of the Washington Commanders in the next three to six months. He has to. Because they're talking about him in front of Congress. We're not talking about sports radio shows with Stephen A. Smith where someone's talking about a topic and, and giving bad press. We're talking about a guy who needs to be removed as the owner, and then a new owner will come in with even more money like Jeff Bezos, like him or not, and all the franchises will go up even more in value. What a show last night. Reckless in Vegas. Michael Shapiro and his group put on a show at Sahara, my wife went, we went with a couple other friends, and we had a blast. And I had to get him on the radio, not only to congratulate him, but to tell you all about the show. Michael, thanks for doing this. And again, great job last night. Great seeing you. JT, how are you, buddy? I couldn't be better. Let's begin, and then we'll go backwards. What was it like to put this arrangement together, taking the music of the Rat Pack and all the legends in Vegas, and then turn it into fast-paced rock and roll? How'd you come up with this? Oh, man, I, it took me 10 years to put this together, but I, I just, you know, I was meditating in the San Francisco Bay Area. 
uh, and, and I got the idea, and, and my partner and producer, Mr. Dan Shea, who did Mariah Carey and Jennifer Lopez and Santana, he helped me with all the arrangements. And it, t- it took us a year to put an album out, and it just smashed in the Bay Area. And then, of course, leaving the Bay Area was hard for me because, you know, I'm a, a longtime Raider fan. We've been season ticket holders for 20-some years, and I left the Bay Area to come back to move back to Vegas. And what do you know? The Raiders moved here too, baby. So it worked out great. But I just, you know, I always wanted to play rock and roll. I always did that doing original music. And I always was a big fan of, of vintage Vegas and that class and sophistication. My grandfather influenced me uh, in, in, in that, in that genre of music. My dad being a rock and roll guy influenced me in that genre. And I had to figure out a way to do it. And that the vision that I had in that meditation was exactly what you saw last night. Michael, yeah, Michael Shapiro joins that. So let's go back to your grandfather and the influence that he had in Vegas with his vision and how that leaked into your vision in life and what you're doing, because your grandfather knew a lot of people back in the day here and that connection, you could feel it when you're performing on stage. Yeah, he was a big, big influence for me, a mentor. You know, he didn't like kids, so it wasn't until I was about 18 that he started to take (laughs) me under his wing, but you know, funny thing about Barney, uh, Barney Shapiro, uh, he owns United Coin. He had a hotel here in 1955. He was a part, a part owner of the Royal Nevada. But I've got a Sports Illustrated magazine with a picture of my grandfather and Paul Horning, uh, Paul Horning, 1965. Paul Horning, as you know, right, got, got kicked out of the NFL for, for, for gambling. Well, in the magazine, the picture of my grandfather is the West Coast businessman. He was the guy that he was gambling with. So it's kind of a, I don't know wow. if that's something to be proud about, but I don't know. He's in, a, he's in Sports Illustrated. Kind of a funny story. So, yeah, he's a, he's a big gambler, big sports guy. Love, love, love football. He's a handicapper. I used to run numbers for him because the casinos here in Vegas didn't want to take his action anymore. So I would go make all his bets for him. And, and at that time, I didn't even know who he was betting on. And I would go in there and place these bets. And you know, all these guys hanging around the sports books used to, you know, used to come in and they would say, hey, here comes a kid. Who do you like this week? And I didn't even know he was playing, you know what I mean? So I had to figure out the bets. And uh, and it was a fun fun experience. But as far as music goes, Barney wasn't into rock and roll. He liked he liked the Rat Pack. He liked Frank Sinatra. He liked the crooners. He liked the, mm-hmm. the old show business in Vegas. So I had to, it took me a while to win him over. And until he went and saw one of my first shows, I think it was like 19 or something. When he saw all the girls, that's when he said, hey, kids, you're on to something, because he liked that part of it. But uh, but I wanted to maintain the, the class and sophistication of vintage Vegas. You know, it's it's our roots. It's what this whole town was built on. So that, that was a big premise of the show. Unbelievable. Michael Shapiro is our guest. Reckless in Vegas. It was a great show. It is a great show. You're at the Sahara. It's only the second show you've done in that room. Uh, take us behind the scenes of the history of that venue and the Sahara from back in the day, because I got that vibe. Your wife's in the show with you, and I can tell you had some extra juice knowing who's walked, all, who's walked the corridors, and I know they've had a lot of developments there, and you know the old Sahara, the old location, a couple of redos there, but last night it had the feel of old Vegas. You really seem to enjoy that showroom. Love it. Alex Morello, you know, the owner there, he really has an appreciation for Vintage Vegas. And they were looking for something that kind of captured that, but they didn't really want to go, you know, like, like impersonation show or anything, a tribute show. So when he got, he got, he caught wind of what we're doing, he thought it was a good fit there. And so did the entertainment department. So I spent probably 
I don't know, 80 hours kind of in pre-production, and I would be in that showroom late at night by myself, and the lights would move, and I had this feeling like there are ghosts in that place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, the comedian like Don Rickles, he, he, he tore that place up. You have the Rat Pack, Sammy was on that stage, Frank was on that stage, Dean was on that stage, Louis Prima, uh, you know, you, you go, it goes on and on with these amazing, you know, uh, performers. I mean, even Liberace had a home there. I mean, it's a there's such rich history, and that is the original showroom. It had been remodeled, but if you look up in the sky, you look at the ceiling. It's all the old rafters, the old weight system with the curtains. It's all still in there, and that feeling on stage, knowing that those performers were in that room. It just makes you feel like you're doing something really, really special, and and that's what it is for me, for sure. Michael Shapiro, as we wrap it up, tell everybody where they can get tickets. How I'm going to bring my friends. Whenever my friends are always coming into town from California, New York, I'm going to bring them to see you again. I think it's a great show to kick off the night, to end the night. Where could everybody get tickets and find you on social media? So we're at RecklessInVegas.com is our website, but we're on, on, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as Reckless in Vegas. You can get tickets at Ticketmaster. Uh, you can also go to Vegas.com, and then you can get them directly through our website or the Sahara website. And, JT, thank you for coming last night. That meant the world to me to have you guys there and your beautiful wife, Julie. And just amazing, amazing, amazing. And thank you, JT. Yeah, thanks to Jamie and Nikki for also bringing me and everyone there. Last thing, leave me with a Raider. Leave me with something Raiders. Year three at Allegiant Stadium, a playoff team last year. They bring us Chandler Jones, Mad Max is extended, and then Devontae Adams as a Raider fan, diehard from the Bay Area. What are your, what's your optimism for this upcoming year? I'm thinking, you know what? I, I'm feeling it, baby. I think it's <laughs> Super Bowl time, baby. I think this is going to happen this year. It's all coming together. You know, listen, I've, I've been a Raiders fan for a long time. My family has had season tickets to the 49ers and the Raiders my whole life. And when I lived in the Bay Area, I didn't go to one 49er game. I went to the Raiders every time. And when they came here, I was so up in joy. We got our season tickets here. And I feel like this is the year. And, and I'm rooting for it all the way. I know it's going to happen. You got it, Michael. I'll see you soon. Thanks for coming on. appreciate you. Thank you, JP. Have a good day, buddy. You got it. Michael Shapiro of Reckless in Vegas. Go see that show. You know I talk a lot of music on this show. I love music. I love rock music. I just got back from seeing the Rolling Stones in Liverpool. Liverpool, home of the Beatles. When we get a chance to talk music, especially this time of year where it's a little bit slow on the sports side, I want you to go see that show. It was fantastic to hear the Sinatra. Elvis Presley turned into fast-paced rock and roll, and he's a guitar player. He's fabulous. He's a brilliant performer, and he really blew me away last night. And when we were wrapping it up pretty late, my wife's like, come on. I got to work tomorrow. You got to work tomorrow. I said, yeah, but I want to spend some time talking Michael and getting a Vegas vibe on. And he said he'd come on the show. So happy about that. Tom Looney at the top of the hour. And your phone calls on the Raider defense over the years. Over the years, as we look at, as my son put up today for a poll, who's the greatest Raider defender of the last 25 years? I'm assuming most of you are going to have, most of you are going to have Charles Woodson. But maybe you're thinking about some other defenders who were mixed in over the years that were underrated that you'd put in the other category here. Who are some of those players? I mean, he's not a Hall of Famer. I love Greg Beekert. He did his job. Greg Beekert did his job. He didn't jump off sides. He didn't do crazy things. Beekert did his job. I like Namdi Asamoah. I wish we got more out of Namdi. Thought he was a superior talent. 
and then he ended up moving on, and we didn't get what we should have gotten out of him. But then you look at some of the other players over the years who stepped up. You know, he's one of my favorite. I cannot believe I didn't put him on the list, and please don't tell him because I work with him. Eric Allen. Eric Allen came over from Philly and New Orleans, and what a run he had with the Raiders. 54 interceptions. Whenever EA and I do the pre- or post-game show, and I sit there, and we, it's like week 12 or 13, and we look at a cornerback that has one interception on the season, and I look at him and I go, how many do you have? 54. 54. I mean, we got to get someone jumping some routes. You hear what I'm saying, Trayvon Mullen? I need him to see the eyes of the quarterback and jump around and take it home. Where are the pick sixes? Dave Ziegler is looking for guys who can catch the football on defense. Guys who can break up passes but catch the ball when it hits him in the chest. The Raiders have to turn the football over, ladies and gentlemen, and give Derek Carr a short field where Carr comes out in a no huddle. Oh, and by the way, interesting conversation off the record a couple of nights ago. Someone asked me, JT, will Josh McDaniels do more no huddle? I go, why? He goes, because Carr's better when he's running the no huddle because it takes his skill set to the next level. I don't know. I didn't have an answer for him. I don't know what Josh McDaniels is doing with this offense yet, and hopefully we're going to get a chance to interview him and find out because I'd like to see the Raiders on a short field after a Jonathan Abram interception or after a Rocky Sin fumble recovery and Carr get the ball on the opponent's 40-yard line and go four wide. Waller's wide, Renthrow's on the inside, on the other side is Robinson and Devontae Adams wide, and then Josh Jacobs is peeling out of the backfield to catch a ball. Throw five receivers out there for a defense to try to match up with and let Derek Carr make plays. The only issue I see here is if Derek doesn't have time to make plays and he's under duress this year. And that's why I believe the Raiders will get another offensive lineman. And that's going to come up here pretty shortly. 702-365-9200 if you want to get in. Thanks again to Michael Shapiro. Go see his show at Sahara. Uh, They're not a partner of ours, but Michael's great. And I, I really want you to see that show and get tickets there. Tom Looney at the top of the hour. And that's it. Today I had a great meeting over at Virgin Hotels. And we're going to throw out our podcast schedule coming up here pretty shortly. They're going to bring me in from 4 to 6 p.m. in the middle of that property to do some pretty cool podcast with some pretty cool celebrities and football players and NBA players. Oh, and NBA Summer League. NBA Summer League getting ready to kick off. So when we come back, I'll touch on that. Raider defense we're talking today, Raider Nation. Who's going to do it? Captain Obvious would say Chandler Jones and Mad Max Crosby. Perryman went to the Pro Bowl. Is there a new Raider defender? who's going to blow our doors off and have a big year and help the team defensively on defense and help Derek Carr with a couple of interceptions. JT right here on the flagship, Raider Nation Radio, brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizza. It's the best pizza I ever had. Up top, Randall. Deep three-pointer, and it's good for Julius Randall. Knicks keep the possession alive, quickly saves it, and Randall with a 40-point night. Yeah, Knicks radio. The Knicks didn't get rid of Randall, and the Knicks traded away their draft, which is shocking to me because they suck. So for the Knicks to have a really bad team, really bad team, non-playoff team, and then have a, a top 11 draft pick and trade it to Oklahoma City, 
And Oklahoma City at number two got Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga, the big seven-footer. Then they got the 11th and 12th pick. So in Oklahoma City, a very tiny sports market, they did a better job than the number one sports media market, New York. So every year my sons, even when they were kids, 10 and 8 years old, they're two years apart, they would mock me because they're not Knicks fans. I'm a Knicks fan. They didn't follow me with that. They were smart. Uh, they're Laker fans because one of my sons was born in L.A. And the other one, first words ever out of his mouth was Kobe. True story. Not mom and dad. It was Kobe because Kobe was on TV every day of, <laughs> of, his, of his existence. So I got Laker fans in the household. But I'm a Knicks fan, and so was my friend Stephen A. Smith. And we were texting back and forth. And Stephen A. sitting with Spike Lee. Spike Lee ready for the Knicks to make their pick. Then he went on first uh, take this morning after this debacle. Listen to Stephen A. Dallas Mavericks are playing during the playoffs. I believe it was against the Phoenix Suns at the time. Mm -hmm. Who's sitting in the audience? Julius Randle with Allen Houston and World Wide West. This ain't Kentucky! (coughs) This ain't Mm. college recruiting! Mm. What the hell are you doing? They go there and they show up to the game like they recruit Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson, I hope you're watching this. Man, I love the improvement that you show. You're a hell of a player. And I want that kid to get his money. Please don't get me wrong. This is no shade on, on Jalen Brunson. In my in the initial part of my career, I covered Temple for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Kendrick Perkins, I covered Rick Brunson. I love Rick Brunson. Even though Rick Brunson was coaching high school in Camden, New Jersey, the bottom line is he's got a history as an assistant coach. I got no problems with him being the assistant coach. But you could have been hired him. So you hire him this past June when you know you're going to be recruiting Jalen Brunson. And then on top of it all, you're creating this cap space and all of this stuff to get Jalen Brunson. Is he KD? Is he Kawhi Leonard? I mean... Jalen Brunson's a damn good player. I'll be happy to have him. But all of this stuff you're going to because you're selling New York on Jalen Brunson. That's what you're doing. This is what we are with the New York Knicks. I'm going to close by saying this. World Wide West and I go back over a quarter century. Mm. I love him dearly. And I'm happy for him. I'm happy he got the job there. We understand that Leon Rose is the boss. Leon Rose, you know, does what he does. He talks when he wants to talk, which is very, very rare, and he hides often, okay, as he showed evidence last year, getting, getting, doing an interview with the press in September, then not being found for the whole damn season, and then getting interviewed by the James Dolan controlled network, which is just pathetic and weak. The New York Knicks are a disaster. I'm not happy at all. I'm not going to say another word about them for this show, but this. I'm not going to call for a boycott. I'm not going to go that far. (laughs) But I will tell you this. I will tell you this. I'm not going to call for a protest. I'm telling you right here, right now, I'm not going to the Garden next year. I won't go one game yet. I won't go one game. I'm so disgusted with them. They're not doing this to me anymore. I'm sick and tired of this nonsense. I'm not going to the Garden next year. I'm not not discouraging anybody else. Two wrongs don't make a right. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. This is for my own health. So if his own health and my own health, we're in the same boat. The Knicks last night, if you have a bad team in your life, it really takes away a lot of your passion. I've been a Knicks fan my entire life, over 50 years, and this team brings me so much pain and anguish, I can't tell you. And last night, I was left at the altar again. 
excited for the 11th pick. There are a bunch of players out there, and they traded it away. And they're telling the number one media market to wait again, not till next year, till the following year after next. So we got Oakland A's fans who are listening. You know, I, you know, I've been going off on the A's, not their fans. I've been going off the uh, uh, off on the A's organization for how despicable they are, and they want to come to Vegas after Mark Davis came here with a vision. And now everyone in sports is looking at Mark Davis like he's a genius, except for a pocket of fans left in Oakland, and I respect them because they didn't want the team to move. They want the team to move, and that'll never change, and I understand that. But Mark Davis made the Raiders a much better franchise because he got out of Oakland where the politicians are toxic and terrible. Look, New York, politics doesn't get in the way of sports. No matter who the senators are, the mayor, they want to see the Knicks do well, and they just can't do it. So if you have a bad team in your life, and the Raiders aren't a bad team, they're 10-win, UNLV football is a good example. Really bad football team. That's why we're behind Coach Arroyo to make them better. And get to six wins and then get to eight and get to nine. Because if that's part of your life and DNA, it's got to suck some of the life out of you when the team can't win. And that's what I went through last night as a Nick fan. It was brutal to see what they did in the draft. And I'm not surprised by it. They disappoint me all the time. Back East, Mitch in New Jersey. Go ahead, Mitch. I got a few minutes. Go. Hi, JT. Thanks for taking my call. Happy Friday. You too. Hey, uh, with that draft. I would think uh, you would say Memphis, Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. and um, Detroit. They, uh, I'm a Clipper fan, so uh, they got somebody. It's uh, kind of thin. But anyway. Uh, Thanks, well, Mitch. I got to run. I appreciate the call. Thank you, Mitch. I would agree with you that Oklahoma City was the big winner yesterday because they got three picks in the top 12 picks. And now people are excited to talk about Oklahoma City basketball when normally they're not. You know, I'm not going to go through every draft pick. The top three were big. Uh, next hour, I'm going to talk about Bill Crackman, Bill Krakenberger, who picked the pick on our show exclusively. And I hope that gets picked up in the gambling world or the gambling trades. How we had someone call in last night, tell you who the, not yesterday afternoon, who the number one pick was going to be. And yet, not only did he bet it, I retweeted the ticket. And I retweeted the ticket for a reason. I'm going to go on that rant next hour. Of all the frauds that listen and are in this town, who bet $5 a game and they walk around like they bet 2000 a game and they never post their tickets. They don't tell you when they lose and when they win, they tell you they won, but they don't post the tickets. So we don't know if they bet five bucks or nothing. This has got to change in this business, man. Vegas is a core hotbed for sports gambling. And there's too many people running around who aren't licensed to do it. Imagine going to a doctor who didn't have a degree operating on you. That's the problem with gambling in Vegas. A lot of front runners betting five bucks a game and not telling you when they lose and never sharing their victory tickets with you. Hour two is next.